All right, let's uh, turn to Proverbs <clears throat> chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. So we are looking at um, using the word. Um, we were told in Psalm 119, 105. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> I, I thought you had enough Friday night, Bruce. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, anyway, I was going to say it's it pretty interesting watching Bruce eat. No. <laughs> he just, he, no, what I'm saying is, yeah, he's not, well, he is kind of family, but. <laughs> No, well, he just enjoyed it so much, right? And and he went, you know, he went to the carcass and got the good stuff, and yeah, it was just he just really enjoyed it. So that was a blessing. So anyway, <laughs> that's right. Um, so in Psalm one nineteen one oh five. Um, that we're going to be in Proverbs, so I, this is just uh, free. <laughs> okay, so um, sort of the theme verse that kind of got us on all of this was, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, so that's telling us something about the Bible. It's telling us something about uh, the potential benefit, right, that we could enjoy from the scriptures. Uh, but it implies that we have to make use of that light, right? Um, years ago, we were given uh, a flashlight, um, one of those big, long, black thingies and LED bulb, and I don't know how many lumens it has, but it's bright. Um, but as good as that flashlight is, if you leave it sitting in the closet, it, you know, when you're out on a dark night, it is not doing you any good, right? And so that's why the idea of the need to use the word. So how do you make use of the word? Um, well, you need wisdom. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, uh, James tells us. So we looked at that. And there's a need to ask in faith, believing on the one hand, God's promise to give wisdom, but also believing that when he says, turn right, that really is the best way for you to, to go, right? To turn right, that you would actually believe the counsel of his word and not, you know, not second guess it, not set it aside, but you would actually hear and follow. Uh, then we also noted um, that the Bible in a number of places says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this reverence for God, honoring and respecting of him. I use the phrase right thinking about God. So if you're, you've got to think rightly about God, you've got to put him in his rightful place, a place that he alone occupies. No one else has the right to occupy the place of God. Right? You don't have that right. No other human being has that right. Satan doesn't have that right. Nobody, no thing has the right to occupy the place of God. And so the fear of the Lord is that right thinking about God, putting him in his rightful place. And if God is put in his rightful place, 
then his word has to matter. It has to matter to you. It's the word of the king. You can't ignore it, right? Except at your peril, right? And he's a good king, right? So his word is going to be faithful and true and it will never lead you astray, right? So this right thinking about God really opens up for us the heart to embrace his word without reservation because it will be faithful and true to us and it will give to us the benefit that we're desiring to have. I mean, who wants to mess up in life? You know, you don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to try to make this day this the most disastrous day that I could possibly... I mean, nobody does that. right? We want, we want blessing. Well, the Lord's way is the only way of blessing because of who he is, right? And because of his faithfulness and his love for us and all of those things, that's all part of right thinking about God. So we will, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So it really starts with that right thinking about God. That is critical, could never be overemphasized, Um so you're hearing it again, right? I mean, seriously, I could never emphasize that too much. We have to put God in his rightful place. That's the whole issue of sin, our rebellion against him. That is the whole issue, right? That's where we went wrong, is we tried to pull ourselves out from under him, right? And live independently of him and do it our way. That's the problem. So right thinking about God says... No, I've got to do it his way, right? And that then is going to fuel. Like, so we've been studying on Colossians uh, chapter one on Sunday nights and Paul's prayer that these believers would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, right? And, and if we are thinking rightly about God, we want that. We're going to pray that for ourselves and we're going to pray it for our loved ones and our fellow believers, right? Uh, Because we want it and we know how valuable it is if we're thinking rightly about God, all right? And then, of course, the walking uh, in that way as well, right? So it's not just there for our entertainment. It's not just there for our intellectual stimulation. And, oh, yeah, these are great lofty platitudes and, you know, really sounds good. No, it's it's for living, right? And so we, we embrace that. Now, We have been, uh, last couple of times, in Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. Okay, So there's that trust, that faith, that confidence in God, that willingness to follow his counsel, to believe it. Uh, The leaning not on your own understanding. There's that spirit of humility that says, you know, it's not my understanding that I need. I need God's understanding. And uh, so we're not leaning on our own understanding. And then we came to this last time. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then you have this promise. He shall direct your paths. And so we talked about this idea of acknowledging him. And 
I did use a little bit of uh, personal testimony uh, last time about um, you know the decision that we made uh, to leave Ohio and come to help my brother in his work uh, in Victoria uh, years ago, 1990. And then a couple of years later, uh, the decision to come up here and uh, you know the rest is history, right? We've been here for 29 years coming up in March. And um, so in that, again, you know, not to say that, that I always have done it right, but I, I truly believe uh, that in both of those significant moves, uh, the Lord was very much uh, directing our steps. And what we were trying to do is, is really in all our ways to acknowledge him. And so though it meant, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the most economically advantageous thing for us. It wasn't, I mean, we, we left in Ohio, we left a church of what, 150, 200 people or something like that. Great pastor, you know, lovely people, lots of opportunity to minister. We were doing that, ministering there, you know, and we came to a church about this size in Victoria, right, when we got there and uh, meeting in a little rented community hall, right? And uh, they have their own building now, praise the Lord, and so on, right? A lot of, you know, fruit has been born there. But all of that to say, right, that, you know, it really was, okay, you know, what does the Lord want us to do? And uh, so that was what moved us. Now, let's stop and think about this. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Before we had come to this Proverbs 3 passage, we just dipped briefly into James chapter 4, where we have the example of the person planning, saying, you know, we're going to go to this place, we're going to be there a year, we're going to buy and sell and get gain. And the rebuke comes, well, wait a minute, you don't know what tomorrow holds. What's your life? It's just this vapor, appears for a while, vanishes away, so that you rather ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this and that. So, on one level, in all your ways acknowledging him, is that idea of, okay, really, if the Lord will, right? So we, we acknowledge his sovereignty, we acknowledge his place as God, and we understand that um, you know, his will uh, should matter to us, right? But this is more than just... that phrase being tacked on to anytime you're talking about plans, right? It has to be more than that, right? So to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, connecting that with right thinking about God, Talk to me a little bit about what that has to include, what that has to involve, right? So if I'm going to put God in his rightful place, and then in all my ways, I am going to acknowledge him, what does that look like? What what are some of the things that that would involve then um, that I would have to include or that I would have to think or the perspective that I would have to bring to my ways if I truly am going to acknowledge him. What place is God to have 
in my ways. Okay, so ultimate authority. Any other thoughts or comments on that? I know it's a bit vague what I'm uh, asking for, but hopefully it can help you think a little bit. Okay. All right. Okay. So that yieldness is manifested in various ways in our life. Okay. Like obedience, like in prayer, like in love, like the little things that God would desire for us, like in faith, right? That's right. Not, right. And that we're faithful, and and even when we're not faithful, we would then turn back. Right. Yeah, so we would see the turning away and we would do something about it, right? We would we would repent, confess that sin, and then get back on the right track, okay? So in First uh, Chronicles 28, uh, verse 9, <clears throat> it talks about Solomon, my son. Um, know thou uh, the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. Okay. So there's a will involved, but... Ultimately, there has to be a faith. Right. And that faith has to continually be exercised. I don't think it's a one-time thing. Right. I, think, uh, I don't think it's like you just got it. And from now on, you will always search, um, acknowledge him. I think you have to wake up in the morning and you've got, and you've got a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you have a choice. You Like you know the principles. You know, I mean, we can all read the scriptures here. They can be constantly in our mind, but without exercise of just willing yourself to say, no, I'm going to look to the Lord. I'm going to have a willing heart. Mm-hmm. And then next morning you get up again and you go, I'm going to have a willing heart again. Right. Or not. Right. Right. So I, it's just this exercising and just, you know, deciding this is what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah, and so what's very interesting there is like the phrase here in verse 6 is in all your ways, plural, acknowledge him. So your ways, I mean, that's what's happening when you're awake, right? So, I mean, I would go one further from what you're saying, and I know this is what you're meaning, but it's not even just first thing in the morning, right? You know, but it it is going to have to be today, and then you're gonna you are going to have to do it again tomorrow. But the whole idea is that it's that it's really the idea is that it's it's if it's going to be in all my ways, then it's as as I'm walking through life today, right? What's today? Uh, February 19th, 2023. So as I'm walking through life today, really what the Lord calls me to do is all along today, I need to acknowledge him, right? Uh, so so it, it is, you know, there is this, you know, recognizing his place, his authority, my submission to that, 
Um, but, but that has to happen throughout the day, right? And uh, so that I'm thinking and um, endeavoring to follow throughout the day, right? That idea. Any other thoughts or ways that you would put that? Okay. All right. So, so this is not a. It'll just happen. No, it's like living, living intensely with thoughts. Like this right. passage where you, you have to predetermine what your actions will be, not just, you know, go off into the day without a thought. Okay. All right. So there's there's this, you know, we we are actually living. And, you know, we are rational beings and we do need to think and, and actually choose uh, to follow. Okay. Um, what about this? If I am in all my ways going to acknowledge him, where, where what place am I to give him? Okay, number one. First place. If I am going, if I'm truly rightly, if I'm fearing the Lord, thinking rightly about him, and now in all my ways I'm going to acknowledge him, the place that I am supposed to give him is first place. Does anyone, does that idea bring to mind another passage in the New Testament? Yeah, and what's interesting, and this is what we saw in um, in Romans eight, right? That that the Lord is is you know the obligation on one level, He could say that we have an obligation to Him because He's the Master, right? But God doesn't. I mean, He will talk about that, but He will go beyond that and say we have an obligation to Him because He's our Father, right? And because He has loved us. Right. And so so really rightly understood, you know, the place that we give God is a place of honor and respect. But it's not just because he's this, you know, super ultimate being, which he is, but it's because we love him. Right. And we we ought to love him like we love nothing and no one else. Really. Right. That's that. So it's this love for him that fuels all of this. So if I in all my ways, I'm acknowledging him really, in a sense, I'm living out my love for him. Right. So it's it's all motivated by love. And so here's this person and I really, really do love him. And so as I'm going about what I'm doing today, whoa, wait a minute. He wouldn't like that. I mean, you, you could see that even in your human relationships sometimes, right? And and you're, you're you know 
you're checked in your in your past because oh wait a minute you know my boss wouldn't like that or you know my wife wouldn't like that or whatever right and so that does come into play well that's part of what we need to do with god but let's come back to this idea of him being number 1 and me uh giving him first place there's new testament bible that verifies that for us okay so that is one okay and we'll get to that in colossians eventually uh that it is god's intention that in all things christ would have the preeminence right and that surely is intended to to affect our living but i'm thinking sermon on the mount And here we've got people taking thought for life and what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink, right? And, I mean, obviously that's sort of taking it down to the basics. But when you think about life and why do people plan to go to this place and that place and live there a year and buy and sell and get gain? It's because they want to eat, Right? They want to drink and they want to clothe their family, and right? So it's this providing for life. So here in Matthew chapter 6, and let's go ahead and turn there, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought... For your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink. And the take no thought is the idea of don't be anxious for this. It doesn't mean don't ever think about this. It just means don't be anxious. Don't be fretting and worrying. Right? So don't be careful and anxious for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, neither yet for your body, what you shall put on. Now it asks the question, is not the life more than meat? and the body more than raiment. Okay, so in other words, here we are, and I've got to think about, you know, okay, what job am I going to take? And am I going to take that different job or not, right? Or or whatever. Or, you know, am I going to go to school or do this or that? Or, you know, the different things that we face in life, right? And, and so we are thinking about those things and we have to make choices about those things. And it's not saying that that stuff is bad, but it's calling us if in all our ways we're going to acknowledge him, we have to remind ourselves that life is about more than that. It's about more than just being able to feed and clothe my family. It's about more than you know, just you know, being able to support myself you know, with a job or whatever. It's about more. There's more to life than that. Life does include that. It's not saying it doesn't include that, but it's reminding us that it's more than just that. All right? Um, and then we're given an example. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? 
Okay, so he's trying to encourage us to bring into our thinking our relationship as with God as his children. We are more than just his creatures. A bird is his creature. He feeds the birds. You are much more valuable than the birds. Because you're made in his image for one thing, but he's bought you with a price for another thing. If you're a child of God, he shed, God the Son shed his blood for you. You are precious to him, right? Then he goes on. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Okay, meaning, there's a lot about life that you can't control. You can't do a thing about. Don't forget that. That's part of your thinking too. That is encouragement to acknowledge the one who can do those things. Right? Okay, so... Who are we? We're more, you know, remember your relationship with him as your loving father. Remember your inabilities and the things that you have no control over. Don't forget that in your thinking. So why do you take thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow was cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And so what's very interesting is that we're reminded that faith is necessary for this. Right? So in our acknowledging of him, faith is going to be necessary. Right? As well as these other uh, right bits of thinking. Uh, Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Okay, so let's pause for a minute. You know, the, the decisions about, you know, where to work and how to feed your family and all of those things... You know, you've got unbelieving people that are thinking about that, right? And they're making their choices and they're arranging their affairs and they're moving here and they're moving there and they're going to this school and that school and it's all, you know, okay. Again, he's not saying that that's wrong in and of itself. But what he's saying is that in itself is not acknowledging him. They do that. The Gentiles do that. Right? They do all of that, think about all of those things, make all of those decisions and those plans and arrangements and so on, and God is not in the picture at all. Right? So he says, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to lift our thinking above the thinking of the unbelieving world around us. Right? He's not got there yet. He's still just laying the foundation and framing things up. Now he's going to lift us above. He's, he reminds us that your heavenly Father knows that you have all, need of all of these things. And then he says this, But seek ye first. 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay? So what has to matter more to us than what we eat or drink or how we're clothed or where we live and all of that, right? I mean, these things are necessary parts of life, but God knows that we have need of these things. What he wants us, right? The life is more than those things. The body is more than those things. Well, what can be more than that? Well, this, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Right? So that brings into the picture then, you know, the obedience to the Lord, the doing, knowing and doing His will, right? The priorities, right? So are my priorities kingdom priorities? Is my priority just feeding myself and making for a comfortable retirement for myself? Right? If that's my priority, I'm not acknowledging God in all my ways, right? I mean, it's not that I'm I may not be hating God, but I'm really not giving him the rightful place, right? What has, the place that God ought to occupy is first place, okay? So, so really, the, our challenge should be, you know, if, if I am going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what would my life look like? Right. What choice would I make in this situation if his kingdom's going to be first and his righteousness is going to be first? Okay. So obviously that precludes any path that is unrighteous. Right? I, I can't go there, right? Because first is God. And if I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, I'm not going to go down the path of sin. I can't. That's not acknowledging him. Does that make sense? Right? I'm not thinking rightly about him if I'm choosing a path of sin. Right? So I've got to put him first. He's got to be first. So that precludes absolutely any path that knowingly would violate his revealed will, right? In scripture. I can't go down that path. <clears throat> And then uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the idea of the kingdom of God, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Okay, yep. Um, say you've got this plan for retirement and and you're marching on and then but you're being asked to follow the Lord does that mean that like the supply you need as you said but does that mean that you will be further ahead financially not necessarily yeah so I mean so to follow the Lord would it doesn't mean that things will work out like you thought. Yeah, it doesn't mean that they won't either, right? I mean, so the, the, but the potential. Like yeah, yeah. You're going to get. Like yeah. You have this plan in your mind, you know, so much a month. You follow the Lord, and and 
and you're going to get this house that you wanted. You're going to get right. this whatever you want. Yeah, no, I mean, so the the thing is, um, you know, the the Lord's goal, what is the Lord's goal for me as a Christian? What is the Lord's goal for you as a Christian? Christ-likeness. Romans 8 tells us that, right? His goal is Christ-likeness. His goal isn't necessarily... Know, comfortable retirement. His goal isn't necessarily a nice big fat bank account, right? In fact, you know, sometimes those are the very things that hinder a person's walk with the Lord. They they start trusting in their their wealth and they forget God, right? So it you know so often I would say that's not God's plan, right? Um, so. Let's talk some more. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Okay, uh, just one other thing, sort of based on that. Like earlier in the chapter in Matthew 6, um, the Lord said this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. And again, it... You know, taken in the context of the whole of Scripture, the Scripture does not say that money is evil, right? Job was a very, very wealthy man. Abraham was a very wealthy man. You know, there's counsel given in the pastoral epistles that, uh, you know, what, how to teach those that are rich in this world's goods and so on. So, you know, wealth in itself is not sinful, right? That's not the point. But the idea is, that if our focus is on the wealth of this world, we're focused on the wrong thing. Okay, Seeking first the kingdom of God is not seeking to maximize my worldly wealth. Right? That's, those, are not your, those are not the same thing, right? Necessarily. Okay, so, so in other words, there has to be that thought of what is of eternal value. If I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, I have to give consideration to what is of eternal value, right? Because the kingdom of God, okay, that is a synonymous phrase for the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's what we are going to inherit, Right? He says, come, you blessed of the Father, inherit a kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Right? So I have to give some thought right, to, to seek first the kingdom of God is to bring into my mind and into my thinking so that it affects 
my choices about where my feet go in my walk along life, I have to bring into my thinking that which counts for eternity, right? That which is of eternal value, that which promotes the kingdom of God, as it were, right? Well, how does, what, what does that involve? Well, you know, from an earthly standpoint, the kingdom of God is manifest in its citizens. Right? So there is this idea, if I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God, then surely that has to include my living as a citizen of the kingdom, which would include my righteousness, my pursuing of righteousness, my pursuing of sanctification, and all of the things that kind of go along with that, time spent in the word of God, uh, time you know, with God's people in his house, you know, ministering. Uh, to other people as well. But so on the one level, there is, there is that which promotes my own spiritual well-being, that which promotes my own sanctification, right? And so I'm going to have to choose maybe, no, I'm not going to watch that hockey game. You know, I'm going to read my Bible. I haven't spent my time in the Word today. So, so you know, here I am. I'm tired at the end of the, end of the day at work, whatever, and you know, just love to watch a good hockey game if there are any out there anymore. I don't know. <laughs> you, know it's, you know, I really, a good hockey game is pretty amazing, right? When they do it well. When they drop the gloves and start all of that, that's not hockey. That's just, you know, brutality, right? And I don't like that part about hockey. That's free, by the way. But anyway, I don't watch hockey anyway, as my kids know. Yeah, hockey, what's that? Well, we did teach them as little guys, but anyway. All of that to say, folks, really, that's, that's the kind, it's got to affect our living, right? So that, so I'm making choices that take into consideration my spiritual well-being as a child of God and the spiritual well-being of my family, because they have, you know, I have a lot of influence over them. So I need to be thinking, okay, how is this going to affect us as a family, right? In terms of our own personal walk with the Lord. And then beyond that, you know, it's, it's looking around us at the world around us and the needs of the people around us and recognizing that seeking first his kingdom surely has to be telling people about the king because the king has told us to do that, right? All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore... Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I, the King, command you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the consummation of the age. Right? The Great Commission. Okay? Really, folks, if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God, you've got to think about what the King's thinking about. What is the king thinking about? He wants the gospel preached to all creatures. He does. That's some of his last words as he's departing this world and delegating responsibility to us as his children, right? As his followers. Okay, so surely that's got to be part of it. And, and so it's, it's okay. If I am going to acknowledge him in all my ways, I need to put him first. 
life is more than feeding my belly and clothing my body. It's more than that, right? And if I, if I forget that, I'm not acknowledging him the way I'm supposed to acknowledge him, okay? So it's, it's that bringing myself around to the, that, you know, there are things that matter for eternity more than, you know, me being personally comfortable in my living here on this planet, right? And uh, so, you know, in, embedded in all of that is this submission to his will because sometimes there are things that are totally beyond our control. And had, we, had he, you know, had he consulted us, we would say, no, Lord, please, not that. But he, there, here we are. And in his wisdom, this is what he brought our way. Well, can I still seek first the kingdom of God in the midst of that? Yes, I can, right? And, and I can take with joy this cup that he has given to me, right? I mean, I can ask him that he would remove it, but I must bring myself to submit to him in it. And I know that if he leaves me in it, then there is some eternal good that he wants to accomplish in me and in the lives of the people around me by taking me through the midst of that hard thing. And uh, so it really is a matter of perspective and it is a matter of priorities, right? That, that he, he's got to be number one. None of us do this perfectly, right? That's why we've got to hear it again, right? And that's why as we read through our, wor- our scriptures, right? He'll talk to us about it again. But folks, it's this need to continually adjust ourselves and continually adjust our thinking, because our flesh wants to do anything but this, right? It does not want to do this, right? It wants to focus on me and my comfort, right? And my convenience, right? And so, you know, I'm not going to, you know, here's, you know, my kids and they're going crazy and wild and whatever. And, you know, it takes work to discipline them and I'm just too tired. Well, you know, if he gets number one priority, then what matters to him has to matter. And he tells me that if I don't deal with my children, I hate them, right? And et cetera, whatever. That's just one example. So there's all kinds of examples in life, right? And it's really coming to prioritize what God in his word prioritizes. John. <laughs> but you know I have to keep sleeping and so it's an ongoing process until until you find him yeah. and I think that's the same thing when it comes to seeking the kingdom of God that, you know we, yeah we understand okay you know the Lord's interested in souls well seek out for opportunities ask God for opportunities mm-hmm Right. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I do want to encourage us, right, to recognize that, I mean, this is, this is a work in progress for all of us, right? Um, we, we all are, are working at uh, what it means to take that light and use it uh, to discern the path of life. Uh, so all of us are, I mean, this is, this is part of life. This is just what it means to live as a Christian, right? But the Lord would call us above what all the other Gentiles are doing, right? Above what all the other unbelievers are doing, right? They're, he's calling us to something different. And that something different is bringing him into the picture as he ought to be in the picture, right? And that is putting me in that rightful place, number one place, and saying, okay, I need to seek first his kingdom, right? I need to make that a priority. Uh, does that mean that you're going to have to make plans for, you know, providing for your family? Yeah, you're going to have to. That's part of what you've got to do. A man doesn't provide for his own. He's worse than an unbeliever, right? Because unbelievers provide for their own, right? For the most part. So, yeah, so you are going to have to do those things. You're going to have to think about those things. But all along the way, you have to keep bringing your mind back to, okay, how can I most glorify him? Whether therefore I eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Okay, what, you know, here are these two options. Both good options. Which one furthers his kingdom more? Which one will glorify him more? Which one will, you know, um, give to us as a family more opportunities for uh, serving him or whatever. All of those kinds of, of things that come into play. All right, any final questions? Okay, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, teaching us from your word. And uh, we do pray, Lord, um, that our living day by day would have the marks of one who loves you and one who truly is seeking your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, we are very aware of how much we fall short of this. And uh, selfishness is there. And, you know, really my own comfort and so on is so much a part of what I'm thinking. And so, Lord, um, help us to have your wisdom and help us to have your priorities and uh, help us to allow the counsel of your word, Lord, to, to direct our steps. Help us to live in light of eternity and uh, to live in a way that uh, lays up treasure in heaven. And so, Lord, in whatever way you would bless us materially here on this earth, may we never see that as an end in itself. It is only a means to a greater end of bringing glory to you and being useful in your service and uh, supporting your work, Lord, perhaps financially. Often you have done that, uh, where you have blessed people financially and they have turned around and used it uh, to the furtherance of your kingdom in a tangible way. And so, Lord, 
there are just so many, life is complicated. There are many, many facets and decisions. And uh, our desire is, Lord, that we would uh, take these great principles of your word and uh, more and more see them affecting our thinking and then our living. And so, Lord, help us, guide us. Uh, We thank you for your graciousness to us. We thank you for your patience with us, for our many missteps. Uh, And so, Lord, um, come alongside yet again and uh, show us the way. We will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.